good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? It's great to welcome you to the podcast today. Thank you so much for clicking on and listening in to the message that I want to give from the Word of God. That word comes from the 42nd Psalm, Psalm 42, and actually Psalm 43. They go together as a unit. Uh, but in this, in the message of these two psalms, you find something that hopefully will be helpful to you. Those of you that perhaps are part of my congregation, that I, God's given me privilege to shepherd, uh, know that very soon, beginning this coming Lord's Day, uh, we will begin a pause in our church calendar to uh, set aside time to let the Bible be preached and taught to us. We need regular times of that. And as a shepherd, I want to make sure that our people are being fed and nourished by the Word of God. And that goes for everybody who's listening to this. If you're not regularly and frequently in the house of God, letting the Scriptures speak to your soul, uh, it's not a surprise that you may find yourself being uh, um, having a spiritual drought in your own soul, uh, that you seem to be distant from God. And Psalm 42 and 43 really address that topic, and I want to just share a few thoughts from that, probably this podcast and the next podcast, so that your heart might uh, might sense maybe a greater longing for that closeness to the Lord. And some of you may recall that, that when you became a, a disciple of Jesus Christ and you began walking in in uh, obedience to the Lord, then it began to change your life. And it doesn't take long that after a while, you begin to find yourself as life unfolds, uh, drifting away and find yourself in a spiritual ditch at some point. So this is good for us to meditate on. So Psalm 42 uh, starts off by saying, as the, as the heart, the King James reads, or it's the, the deer, as the deer pants for the water brooks, soul, so my soul pants for you, O God. My thirst, my soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? It's an interesting rhetorical question, isn't it? When you read this psalm, you just get the sense that the psalmist is really experiencing a time of discouragement, maybe even some depression, but he's going through a spiritual ordeal, suffering from drought in his soul that was so severe that as you read the psalm, he even notes that onlookers, people around him, were moved to pity him because of clearly the discouragement in his soul, his brokenness has reminded him that he's not a camel. He doesn't call himself a camel in verse 1 where he can be self-sufficient, but rather he calls himself a deer that pants after water. So the psalmist is seeing himself in a great dry spiritual desert. Uh, And that's unfitting for somebody who really hungers and thirsts after righteousness. If you're a believer today, it ought to be a... A, uh, a cultivated longing after God, and that takes purpose. So, Psalm 42, um, the, it, it, it should not be surprising to us that the Lord has a great deal to say in the Bible about discouragement and about spiritual dryness. Uh, if you were to do a thorough study of that, there would be all kinds of volumes and it would consume many sermons to be able to address the topic. But the writer here paints a graphic picture of a person in verses 6 and 7 of Psalm 42 
of somebody who is just literally snowed under by all that is overwhelming. He mentions in verse 6 that he feels like, uh, excuse me, yes, verse 6 and verse 7, that his, that his footing is gone. He describes himself as somebody who has almost been caught in white water in a river, and he's crashing over the rocks and the boulders and the falls, uh, booming and hissing. The water is just surrounding him. Wave after wave submerges him. Kind of gives you remembrance of Jonah. You remember when Jonah was in the belly of the great fish that in chapter 2 and verse 3, he actually quotes from the psalm uh, because of the desperation of his situation. Uh, he talks about there, you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. So he says in Jonah 2.4, I have been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. In verse 5, he says, water encompassed me to the point of death. Um, he said, the great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Verse 6, he says, I descended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. But you have brought up my life from the pit, O God. And so you get the similar feeling when you read Psalm 42, that the author of this psalm was going through a time of just brokenness, discouragement. His walk with the Lord was not what it used to be. He has memories of that. And in his mind, he vacillates between pessimism and optimism between despair and trust and walking by sight and walking by faith between looking at himself and his circumstances and the things around him and looking to God and his ability and so this psalm is an extended look at that spiritual brokenness that are experienced by so many of God's people if you're listening to this podcast today and you're a part of of our congregation of our assembly at Heritage uh, Heritage Baptist, that this may be you. Uh, I think we have seen an unprecedented amount of heavy burdens that are on people's lives right now. Uh, I think that's probably true for congregations all over the place. But in particular, ours has experienced uh, great heartache and, and uh, disappointments and spiritual despair in life. Uh, throughout history, throughout church history, there are accounts of some of God's people that are going through what the Puritans used to call the dark night of the soul. Uh, this phenomenon describes a, a malady that the greatest of Christians can suffer from from time to time. Uh, we know that it was true for Jeremiah. Jeremiah struggled with that. He was called the weeping prophet. Uh, it was a uh, a malady that afflicted Martin Luther, uh, that his melancholy and his brokenness and his discouragement threatened to destroy him. Uh, and it's not just a, a discouragement, but it's just a distance from God. When you sense his absence, uh, it gives rise to a feeling of abandonment in your own heart. And our minds lie to us and teach us something wrong, that God does not care, that He's that you're not in touch with Him, that He somehow has forgotten you. I mean, one account is told of Martin Luther that was in such a low state spiritually that his wife came downstairs dressed completely in a mourning or a funeral dress all made of black. And as she walked in with the veil over her face, Luther looked up and asked who died. She replied, well, according to the way you're acting, it seems that God had. And that was, 
a wifely rebuke uh, to Martin Luther. There are many people that have written books on the subject. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones is a great preacher that is written, and his, his books are worthy of being read, but knowing what the Bible says really does provide the best perspective. In the nearly 36 years of being a pastor in recent weeks, uh, people are struggling, laid low by circumstances in life that have become debilitating. If your head is spinning and you become spiritually disoriented or just numb, just senseless to your walk with the Lord that you don't know how to get your foot on the first rung of the ladder. This message is a word from God to help you to get the balance and the direction you need to get out of what uh, John Bunyan and Pilgrim's Progress called the slow of despond, slough of despond, he called it. So uh, let me close out by just noting today in the podcast some causes from Psalm 42 of spiritual depression. He said in verses 1 and 2 that one of the things that can contribute to spiritual depression is absence from a place of worship. Now, whether that's forced by some circumstances like sickness or maybe some first responder responsibility or your job demands or some other unforeseen situation, or it could actually be as a result of disobedience and backsliding that unconfessed sin and coldness towards the things of God, removing yourself from the house of God. It's always startling to me that people who talk about their their sadness and their brokenness and their seeming distant from God remove themselves from the very place where God is speaking. Uh, and they're not faithful in a place of worship. If that's you, you need to repent of that and confess it and get into God's house. God's provided it for that. So the psalmist is saying one of the sources of spiritual discouragement is is an absence from the place of worship. He also says that uh, there are taunts from unbelievers, mocking from unbelievers. In verse 3, he notes that some of them will come and say, where's your God now? Where is he when you need him? Why doesn't he hear your cries? Why doesn't he change your circumstances? And the taunts of unbelievers can sometimes be very painful. And he experienced that in verse 3 and actually in verse 10. And another thing he says in verse 4, he says, I remember these things and pour out my soul within me. Um, he has a memory of better days. Uh, he says here, for I used to go with the multitude and walk uh, the, with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude celebrating a festival. The psalmist is remembering those times of God's goodness and his saving acts towards him and the exuberant joy and cheerful fellowship with God's people. It just wasn't what it used to be. Maybe your appetite for God has diminished and you find yourself bored and not experiencing uh, a walk with the Lord that's lively and, and vital. Do you have memories when you first placed your faith in Christ and enjoyed the presence of God in an unusual way? Well, I would encourage you to think about that in verse 7, the psalmist writes this, uh, Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have passed over me. I think he's referring to just the overwhelming trials of life. Uh, if you've lived for any length of time in this life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
here's a vivid picture of the things that life can throw at you. If you've ever experienced a time when you feel as though your troubles and your trials are just sweeping over you one wave after another, are you snowed under or buried alive? And so the burdens of this life are one of the biggest causes of spiritual dryness that puts you in a, in a, in a low spot. And then I would suggest to you verse 9. Uh, verse 9 says, I will say to my God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Uh, sometimes discouragement comes from a failure of God to act quickly on your behalf. In other words, it's not unusual for the depressed, the discouraged, the dry of spirit to feel forgotten by God. And that can cause you to question what you were formerly convinced of. I mean, the psalmist says, do you remember me, God? Do you even know what I'm going through? Why, are you here? Why aren't you hearing my prayers? Do you still care about me? Are you there? You ever said that? You ever thought that? Spiritual dryness is going on in your life. Last of all, in the 43rd Psalm, uh, the psalmist recalls that, that, there are, um, that there are often attacks from ungodly, deceitful, and wicked people on your life. Uh, that includes unjust accusations from wicked people. If you haven't learned this yet, those who try to live godly and obediently are often slandered, accused, and attacked, sometimes even by those who claim to know Christ. That shouldn't surprise us. Jesus said in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. Um, and so these are some of the causes that the psalmist highlights uh, that can cause spiritual dryness and drought in your life. Well, I want to give the solution for that uh, to you from the scripture, but we're going to leave that for the next podcast. Uh, I have prayed for those who will listen to this, and hopefully it will minister grace to you. Uh, we're going to see God's solution for spiritual dryness. If you're a part of my fellowship, of, of, of our assembly of believers at Heritage, I encourage you not to miss a service. We make plans for a lot of things, but please don't neglect the opportunity to arise from that spiritual drought that you may be in. You said, no, I'm doing pretty good right now, Pastor, but the time will come when you'll need these tools. God bless you. Walk with Christ. Keep your eyes fixed on Him, and we'll see you in the next